0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. And as promised, we have special guest Desmond Johnson. You can follow him on Twitter at des underscore 3505. He's the host of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast and the Believe podcast network with Jonathan Stewart, Panthers beat writer, Skylar Callahan. He's also the owner, producer, content creator of TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. I'm Jeff Nowak, Steve Geller, along with me, as always. We're getting ready for the Saints-Panthers on Monday Night Football. Panthers just debuted... Bryce Young, it didn't quite go as planned. I think it started pretty well, and then it kind of fell off the rails a little bit there in the second half. I know the Panthers were ahead, ten to seven at one point. Bryce Young threw a couple of interceptions, but you know he's a rookie; he's figuring it out. What were your uh, early takeaways, uh, Des, of that debut performance for the number one overall pick? Um, well, early takeaways are different than where I am today. Uh, <laughs> I think
2: emotionally, we were, the whole Panther, if you got on Panthers Twitter Sunday night, it was just all over. It was a train wreck. Um, fire Frank Wright, trade Bryce, <laughs> Schnell, like all that stuff. <laughs> I don't think it's been week one. We played 60 minutes of football. Everybody just pumped the brakes, relaxed. For starters, rookie quarterbacks throw interceptions. Like, I mean, they just, they just do. It doesn't matter how good they are. Peyton Manning threw like 28 of them as rookie or whatnot. So, kind of thought he was going to throw a few. And we kind of set ourselves up because a lot of the Panther beat writers and media had been gushing about Bryce Young in preseason and training camp where we hadn't really heard him do anything wrong. Uh, you know, so we were kind of gassed up to the point where we almost looked at it like he, he can do no wrong, like he's perfect. So when the first interception happened, it was almost like, a oh, I didn't know he could do that. You know, like it just kind of it was weird. And then the second one happened almost identical to the first. And it was like, OK. He's a rookie. Like he's still learning this. Atlanta's showing him a defense he's never seen before in his life. So this, let's just calm down because the one thing we do know with Bryce and with his coaching staff is that they will adjust. There's a, there's too much experience on this staff to think that they're just going to continue to do what they're doing over and over again. They brought that staff in for that very reason to not do that. <laughs> That's what we just finished doing with Matt Rule and company. So um, I think after having the week to think about it, I feel pretty good about it. People, if you look at the box score of that Falcons uh panthers game it, it it gives you kind of one story if you look at just the score it makes you think oh the panthers lost by two touchdowns they, they played horrible it was 10 10 deep in the fourth quarter like i mean this was kind of a rock fight the whole game the panthers defense played very very well they were just out there uh probably longer than they needed to be even though the panthers won time of possession by 10 minutes over the falcons but panthers won they had more rushing yards more passing yards the only thing they didn't do they, they had more turnovers and he had more penalty yards. And those turnovers and where they were on the field and the times that they happened, that's really what dictated the game. Those three turnovers turned to 17 points for the Falcons, and that was the game. If you don't have those turnovers, Panthers probably win 17-7, to and we're having a whole different conversation this week.
3: You know, I always say the Saints fans going into these matchups, you know, always really confident against the Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but for whatever reason, man, the Panthers are a pesky matchup every single time uh we saw it happen they swept the saints obviously last season with two different quarterbacks two different coaches going different on uh, yeah <laughs> uh, looking the one thing that definitely stood out to me at least that two-headed rushing attack that carolina has right now they always seem to have that you know you are uh, compadre there with jonathan stewart had d'angelo williams and now you got miles sanders matched up with a chubba hubbard what did you feel like Uh, that attack was able to bring to the team against the Falcons. And I'm sure they're going to try and rely on that a lot more going up against this Saints team Monday night.
2: Yeah, I thought it was very uh, methodical what they were doing. Uh, Frank Wright's offense, mix a little Sean McVay, because you got Thomas Brown as the offensive coordinator. But uh, Frank is calling the plays as of right now. Brown never called them in L.A., so he's kind of learning the ropes from there. They ran really well. We were really happy with Chuba's performance uh, because, you know, he was a pick from a couple years back. But at the time, he was the NCAA leader in rushing yards or whatnot. So we had high hopes for him. And he had a little burst. He had a little little juice on Sunday. So hopefully that can continue. Um, I do expect him to open the playbook up a little bit more for Bryce. He didn't really have a deep threat uh, on the roster on Sunday. He yeah. may still not have one uh, this Sunday. But everything that they they had him do... If you look at the the pass chart of what he did, it's all like 10 yards or in, you know, from the line of scrimmage, except for two he tried to go like late in the game to Jonathan Mingo. Um, and I think that was by design. I think that was Frank Wright basically saying, look, I've been a rookie quarterback in this league before. I'm not going to put you out here and have you throwing, you know, 30-yard bombs or whatever. Let's just get you comfortable completing NFL passes. Let's just get that going, and we'll, fl- we'll accentuate it with the run game. I think they're going to add on to that a little bit more uh, this week. But, yeah, I do expect them to run the ball – More than they did last week against the Saints just because it was working and the offensive line is in a bit of a flux right now with injuries. So I would imagine they're going to lean more on the run game as opposed to Having a rookie quarterback in an offensive line combination, he's never been behind before throwing 40, 40 times against the Saints.
1: Hey, you mentioned you mentioned those injuries, but can you just go through them really quick? I know that J.C. Horn looks like he's going to be out for a while, and I know the offensive line is dealing with some injuries. So where you know, where are the most important injuries, as you can see it and where what might, you know, that kind of result in, especially along the offensive line? Well, yeah, J.C. Horn's dealing with a hamstring. Um, They
2: haven't put him on IR, although Frank Wright did say earlier this week that that is a possibility. Um, Horn said he heard something pop. He might need some surgery, uh, so he might be gone longer than just a couple of weeks. Uh, Brady Christensen, our our, uh, left guard, uh, had a biceps injury late in the Falcons game. He got placed on IR, and he's done for the season, so he he's already out. Um, they got a couple of guys, Cade Mays, a couple others that can move to that spot. Chandler Zavala, the fourth round guard that they drafted from NC State, actually played left guard at NC State beside Ikiakuanu, so they may move him from right guard over to left. That's something they could potentially do. They've got some guys. Uh, they have had this team has a depth issue, but at offensive line, they've kind of got a core group of eight or nine guys that they can plug in, they can play multiple positions. So I'm not too worried about it. Uh, Christian was playing really well, but the guys that can step up in that spot can you know, can play around the same level, especially if they're going to be run heavy. I feel like they'll be fine. Um, DJ Chark is still dealing with a hamstring. He's been out since about mid-August, uh, so he might be coming around. I, I haven't heard any availability for him going into this upcoming game. Uh so those are the main ones, Christensen and, and JC Horn. With that O-line, any chance we see former St. Calvin Throckmorton get some action. Possibly. Um <laughs> hey, the way the way we're going right now with injuries, it would not surprise me if uh all hands on deck. Um the one issue, and my my co-host Skyler uh Callahan from Sports Illustrated, he watched his Panther team up close in preseason and training camp uh this entire uh time. And he was like the number one issue the Panthers have is depth. That if they start getting injuries or uh guys aren't playing well whatever they don't have a whole lot right there on that second string or third string they can rely on so they literally once you get past the starters for Carolina it starts to thin out because they're rebuilding this roster from scratch pretty much so that's really the trick is to, to wear them down you work Carolina down they've always played tight games even when rule was here every game was pretty much a tight game they just figure out a way to lose it in the fourth quarter magically in <laughs> a variety of ways. <laughs> this year, we're hoping that Frank Wright and company will avoid that and uh, same formula, just win the games in the end uh, with their experience or whatnot. But, yeah, that's the main thing right there is the depth. The Panthers have a, a depth issue, and they're not going to be able
1: to solve that in season. Fun fact, uh, Calvin Throckmorton's nickname is Doc Throck. So uh, <laughs> feel free to feel that's free to throw that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw that one throw that one out there. I think that goes back to his time out in Oregon. But let right, me just switch over to the other side of the ball? You know, I think that's where in these matchups the last few years, the Panthers have really taken advantage of the Saints is on defense, particularly in the pass rush. You know, you know, Baker Mayfield really didn't do much yeah. in that game last year. It was a fumble six from Alvin Kamara. And then that long touchdown pass on a screen to LaVisca Chenault. He's a guy that is really intriguing. I think they're, He's kind of being used a little bit like Cordero Patterson. But my mm-hmm. question is more around the pass rush. And Brian Burns, he's wearing zero now, which is kind of weird to see. A uh, big guy in number zero. Um, in, in the past few years, obviously it's a different defensive coordinator. It's a hero. Evero in there now. But what's really thrown the Saints off the last year. It's kind of been kind of that zone blitz scheme. You never know where the pressure is coming from. You have guys bluffing and dropping the fire zone situation. So my question is, you know, this year, is that going to be a similar scheme? Have they adjusted that scheme with the new defensive coordinator? What, what, you know, what do you expect to see from that group? Well, they moved from a
2: 4-3 to a 3-4. Right which is, uh, you know, Dom Capers is on his staff as a, a senior defensive consultant. So he's kind of overseeing uh, what's going on with and the and the defense. Uh, Brian Burns, the Panthers are messing up. Let me just start right there. The Panthers are messing up by not signing him like weeks ago, because the longer this goes on, the more money they're going to have to pay this man. Like yeah. he's yeah. going to be flirting with Bosa money. Like if they keep waiting, because if you look at their stats side by side from when they came into the league, They're almost identical. And to be honest, I think I would probably take Burns before I take Bosa because Burns actually covers routes coming out of the backfield. He'll actually go and cover a running back. Bosa doesn't really do that. Bosa is more of a sack artist. Um, Burns is more involved in the run game, uh, in terms of run defense. You're gonna you might have to pay this man Bosa's getting what 34 million per like Burns is the best player on this Panther roster, like there's no question about it at this point. He's gonna get Something similar to that, uh, which I, this is why I think the, tr- the talks have stalled. You need to worry about where Brian Burns is <laughs> like at all times. He's one of those guys against Atlanta. He had one and a half sacks, seven tackles. Uh, half of those were for loss uh, in the first like half, really like in the first like couple of drives. And then Atlanta li- intentionally schemed away from him the entire second half. And the head coach said so in this post. Uh, they asked about how they neutralized Brian Burns. He's basically like, we just ran away from him. <laughs> like, <laughs> go the just, other way. Yeah. We didn't go that way. We went the other way. Like the whole half. Derek Brown is a problem as well. He's really grown now in his third season uh, into a a high-end defensive tackle. He was very disruptive on Sunday. That's something else to consider. Uh, I think you guys are having some issues with offensive line and protection or whatnot uh, last week. It's not going to get any easier uh, <laughs> with those two on the front. And then you got guys like Frankie Louvu and Shaq Thompson just kind of floating around. The defense is the backbone of the Panthers right now. Um, they got to keep scores low, keep games close. But if we're turning the ball over to you three times in a game, it makes it really hard to, to win uh, at any level of football. So, uh, they did some things Sunday, but they are all fixable. They're all things that can be cleaned up. Uh, they're not things where they're looking at them and they're like, well, we don't have an answer for that. The, everything that went wrong on Sunday for them is something that can be fixed and it's a teachable moment. So I do expect a a better Carolina Panthers team at home, nationally te- national televised uh, game, Monday Night Football versus the Saints, where Bryce Young, if you look at his career, he tends to shine in big games, uh, regardless of the, the level he's at. He tends to rise to whatever the occasion is. So this will be a big moment for him in his rookie season.
3: I thought one of the uh, overlooked maybe signings of the offseason, and I know he's up there in age, but, man, what has Justin Houston brought to this Panthers D? <sighs> well,
2: he's about uh, leadership. Um, he's actually the one responsible for Brian Burns being on the field. He had to talk with Brian Burns because Burns was going to hold out. And okay. uh, apparently the words he talked to Justin Houston, Houston kind of told him, hey, the best thing you do is be here for your teammates, uh, be here for yourself mentally come in and play. You're, I mean, you're already signed. I mean, it's just a matter of them trying to extend you. Come on in and show what kind of leader you can be. And I think it's going to work to Burns' benefit. So Houston's responsible for for that. Uh, giving them somebody on the other side of Burns. We saw it last year where we didn't have anybody because Hassan Reddick had left for Philly. Uh, they need something on the other side of Burns to kind of counteract what happened on Sunday where they were able to just do everything on the other side of Burns and Houston does that. But Houston's also, I think he's 34. So he's not every down uh, player anymore. He can come in in spurts and give you that. Um, the, the, the linebacking core for uh, Carolina to me is the strength of the whole team in that three, four it's Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu, Justin Houston. That's, that's nasty. That's a pretty good uh, place to start. <laughs> if you want to look at where your talent is and that's where your best player resides as well. So if the saints are going to beat the Panthers, they're going to have to figure out a way to deal with that linebacking core, whatever uh, Ezra and uh, Dom Capers decide to, to throw out there to, to confuse uh, Derek Carr.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild
1: We're talking to Desmond Johnson, host of Believe in the Carolina Panthers and the Believe Podcast Network. are going to hang out with Jonathan Stewart, former NFL running back. You know, I, I feel like there's some kismet there because we get to hang out with Deuce McAllister all the time. And hey. I, I do appreciate how former running backs view the game because I think they have an appreciation for the level of physicality that occurs in a football game, whereas a quarterback, you know, especially a quarterback coming out now, it's like they hit me. It's like, well, that's a flag, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas you know, whenever I talk to Deuce, it's like, well, how are they going to adjust to that? And he's like, well, the defensive end is going to come up and knock him out of his cleats, yep. and then he's going to think about not doing that again. And you know, we talk because I, I say that in reference to like the Saints have been shifting Chris Olave in the backfield, and I was like, how how are, how are teams going to adjust to this? Like, well, they're going to make him feel it. But you know, so what you know, what have you guys been? I, I want to say most impressed with like if if. if. If this game goes right for the Panthers, if they come out on Monday night and they really just put on a show, what will have gone right for them that didn't go right uh, in week one? For me, I think the way
2: they're set up this year is just the basic run the ball, stop the run type formula. If If the Panthers can run for over 130 yards on your defense and they can hold you to under 100. They probably are going to have time of possession in hand, and they're probably going to be leading most of that game if they don't turn the ball over, (laughs) if they don't turn the ball back over to you. And that's another thing, too. They didn't force any turnovers uh, against Atlanta. They had a strip sack, and uh, there was a fumble, but both were recovered by Atlanta. Um, And that game might have been different if that had happened. So it's just protecting the ball. Um, I feel like they're fundamentally sound. They know what they want to do. It's just a matter of going out there and doing it with limited resources, especially on offense, like the wide receiver room. It's kind of limited because um, they're missing some pieces. I don't think DJ Chark is going to be out there, and he was supposed to be like their deep threat. Uh, Adam Thielen, a little long in the tooth, but he's a dependable, move the chains type wide receiver at this point in his career. Uh, I'm I'm curious as to where LaVisca Chenault went because uh, he had a good first half, couple of explosive plays, and then they just kind of didn't use him at all in the second. And he might be that guy, like you said earlier, that switchblade kind of Cordell Patterson type of player. Uh, I'd be interested to see what they do with him, but... If the Panthers have run over 130 uh, rushing yards and they've held New Orleans to under 100 rushing yards, uh, that should bode well for Carolina. That's the one metric I always look at when it comes to the Panthers.
3: How's our boy Von Bell doing over there? Former St. draft pick. Uh, Definitely miss him around in the locker room. Just a lot of fun to talk to.
2: (laughs) Good. Doing really good. Uh, Actually, because of him, I was thinking about just a minute ago, just on another Panther podcast. I don't remember the announcers mentioning Jeremy Chin at all uh, during the game on Sunday. And we had a lot of high hopes for him with Bell coming in. We were hoping that Chin would be kind of become like the Troy Palomalu type safety in this defense. In this 3-4 where he can drop down to the box whenever he can cover coming out of it. You you almost don't know where he is like in the defense. And maybe the announcers didn't know where he was because I didn't hear him (laughs) the entire time on Sunday. And part of that's because Von Bell is here now with Xavier Woods back in that secondary. The defense is okay. Like the defense was was fine when Rule was here. Uh, to be honest, that was the one thing we could kind of depend on was that the defense was going to play. The offense has always been the issue in terms of what are they going to be, what's the identity, and they're kind of figuring that out with, with Bryce and being a rookie quarterback and this this new staff. So the defense, I'm not worried about. Von Bell was a great addition. Uh, he was actually one of the final pieces they needed in that secondary. They needed another safety, like a hard hitting vet back there. And Bell fits the bill to a
1: T. So I'm very pleased with Von Bell. I miss me some Von. I, I don't I don't miss me some, some Dalton so much. I, <laughs> not not that I don't like Andy. I just if Dandy Dalton just started quarterback here. It's kind of like hey,
2: they're I, bet, hey, I bet the I bet the Jets wish they had Andy Dalton on the roster right now. Uh, well, that's,
1: that's what I said. Everyone was like, they, they should trade for Jameis. And I was like, no, they should trade for Andy. I mean, yeah, Andy's he's the way. guy they want. Slide uh, right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right. I've been chatting with Desmond Johnson, host of Believe and Carolina Panthers on the Believe podcast network. Thanks so much for the time. Before you go, I do need to get a score prediction. What is your guess for this game? Saints Panthers Monday Night Football. I'm gonna go 2017 carolina uh it's a home game
2: it's monday night as long as carolina does not wear the all black uniforms which we all adore like they're our favorite uniform combination of all time but i think they're like winless or something (laughs) when they wear them they tend to bring them out at night Uh, i could see them wearing all black on monday as much as i want to see it please don't don't wear those because (laughs) our our record is horrific when you wear those uniforms i I feel like there's going to be some stuff on both sides i don't think it'll be a sloppy game per se but it, it, I think the game's not going to have the the type of rhythm or ebb and flow you would see in say, like a Kansas City versus Buffalo type game. Like it's not gonna feel like that. <laughs> I've come to grips with that. But uh, whichever team can throw rocks harder, I think is gonna win this game. Uh, I and I think it's gonna be Carolina. I think they'll learn from the mistakes from last week. They'll adjust. They'll lean on the run game, and they'll let the defense hunt. They'll just let they'll let brown and and Burns and company. Try to just basically disrupt Derek Carr's life on Monday night, and and that hopefully will be the formula to win. There's no help well, tomorrow, right? no
1: Kamara no Kamara, right? He's out yeah. till week four. Yeah, yeah. yeah history, history would agree with you based on how these games have gone in Carolina the last few years. So the Saints are hoping that you're wrong. But <laughs> thanks so much for the time, man. Everyone, check out if you want to need to learn about the Panthers, no place better. Believe in Carolina Panthers. Also check out TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. You can get a big dose, of Desmond. There. Thanks so much for the time, man. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Anytime you need me. Keep pounding,
2: Dez. Thank you. And uh, good luck to your team on Monday. I'm just happy we get to be on primetime national TV for a change because normally we're not.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like the first. It's like one of the three times all year the Saints. Yeah, the for real. Like, yeah. And two of them are Thursday nights. they've Same given here, up on us. <laughs> all right, man. All right, man. Thank you. That's going to wrap up that segment on Inside Black and Gold. Stick around. We're going to come back. We're going to hear some exclusive audio with Saints GM Mickey Loomis. He chatted with Mike Haas, talked about how he felt about the Derek Carr debut. I thought it was a great interview. Then we're going to break down some X factors on offense and defense for this game. The players we think are going to go a long way to determining the result. Stick around for that on inside black and gold.